Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, welcome to another edition of Dairy Stream. Today, we have a rather interesting focus as we talk about the Dairy Innovation Hub, which is sponsored financially through the state of Wisconsin. And research studies are going on at the UW in Madison, the UW Platteville, and the UW Riverfall campuses to keep Wisconsin's $45.6 billion dairy community at the global forefront in producing nutritious dairy products in an economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable manner. Manner. And today in particular, we're covering the topic of analyzing the cost and benefits of manure management regulations for dairy farm economic viability and soil and water sustainability. Really, the goal of this project is to analyze how and under what circumstances manure regulations do improve water quality, certainly an issue important to all of us. And we've got a couple of experts on hand today that are involved in the project. They're Dr. Jeremy Foltz. He's professor in the Department of Agriculture and Applied Economics at the UW at Madison. And Dr. Marin Skidmore, postdoc in the Nelson Institute for Environmental Studies at UW-Madison. And let's begin with you, uh, Dr. Jeremy Fultz. I want to get some background information on the project, uh, such as the time frame, the location, and who's really involved. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having us on this program. It's a great opportunity to talk about the research that we're just starting to do, which, as you said, is about the effects of manure management regulations on water quality across the state of Wisconsin. And we're doing this analysis with an eye to understanding both the costs and benefits of those regulations. Um, This is a two-year grant that we've just started at the end of this summer, and it's based at UW-Madison, but we'll be studying the effects of these regulations all across the state of Wisconsin. The research will be conducted by myself and Marin Skidmore, who is a postdoc and graduated from our department with a PhD in agricultural and applied economics. And we're also working with Chris Kucharik, who's an agronomist in UW's Department of Agronomy. And because we're interested in regulation, we've engaged some law school students to help us going around and collecting these regulations and help us understand the actual rules and regulations themselves. As we'll probably let you know later, as as we look at these rules and regulations, one often feels like one needs a law degree to understand them. So what we're doing is bringing in some people who are well on their way to getting a law degree to help us understand this. As I said, we're at the beginning of this project. So far, we've mostly collected some of the preliminary data and some of the ideas of what the regulations are out there. Well, it certainly does sound like a very solid team and certainly looking forward to some of the results down the road. I want to talk to you a little bit, Marin, about what current regulations and manure application practices you're studying and what have you found so far in terms of their effect on water quality? Like Jeremy said, first, I'd just like to say thank you so much for having us on the podcast. And also, as Jeremy said, we are in early stages, so we have not gotten results on effects yet, but we are in the process of gathering detailed data on how regulations differ across the state. So 
we're looking both at state regulations and local ordinances around manure application and manure storage. So we've been spending a lot of time in the Wisconsin State Code, specifically looking at NR 151, and then also looking at local ordinances, which are often variations on NR 151. When we started the project, we were told by some people that the rules are the same throughout the state and they're really not complicated and every farmer knows them. What we're seeing far is that they really are complicated and there are differences in how the regulations are both written and enforced throughout the state. And while this certainly doesn't disprove that every farmer knows them, as Jeremy said, speaking for ourselves, we feel that we need a legal degree to understand all of it. So like he said, we're working with uh, law students in order to sort of translate these regulations and local ordinances into data that we can then use to analyze the effects on water quality. Again, we are talking today on Dairy Stream about the Dairy Innovation Hub, and in particular, we're covering the topic of analyzing the cost and benefits of manure management regulations for dairy farm economic viability and soil and water sustainability. And Dr. Fultz, you know, when you talk about Wisconsin agriculture, you talk about diversity, and certainly when you talk about our topography, we're also talking about diversity. So how is the research covering all these different geographical areas? Well, it's actually this diversity that makes us really excited about the research and makes us think that we can really understand a lot of differences because the differences in the topography, in the soil and water, in the different slopes, all these things to create differences in how nutrients might be transported and imply that maybe the regulations might work differently in some of these places. So, you know, if all of Wisconsin were all the same, this research would be really easy to do and probably would have long since been done before. But these differences in soils and slopes and water bodies are going to help us understand how these different topographical features matter to the transport of nutrients and ultimately to the kinds of regulations that might make sense. Also, the cost of regulations. So some regulations will be costlier in different topographies than others, and that's going to matter to whatever kinds of debates there might be about what's the right level of regulation to have and what are the right kinds of policies. We're definitely not trying to do a one-size-fits-all. In fact, we're mostly interested in how there are there are lots of different things to study all across the state. And for us at this moment, lots of different things to learn. And do you think that considering the time elements you have in this, how long you have this grant, this can be accomplished considering all the different kind of venues and topography you have to address? Well, it's always a challenge, and I think there's there's definitely a lot we can learn. And I think, as Marin suggested already, with looking at the regulations, that there's a lot of diversity in those that we've already been able to figure out and understand. I guess in the research process, one one tries to do one's best with what's out there. I think we also did not think that focusing on one particular, say, watershed or one particular area was going to be the most effective, in part because many of these regulations are statewide. And so we need to have that statewide focus, at least at the start, and we'll see how far we get. And Mara, do you have anything you want to add to that answer? 
Yes, I would say that while we're spending a lot of time compiling the new data set on manure regulation and manure ordinances, we are benefiting from the fact that there's a lot of existing data around around the soil quality throughout the state, around water quality throughout the state, about the different types of agricultural activities and and how um, what's going on at the county level. And so we're actually we've already pulled together a lot of existing data that will help us to to capture that diverse topography throughout the state. And essentially that work was done for us ahead of time and we already have that data in hand. And so we'll be able to start applying it very quickly. I like the way you explain that and kind of the philosophy you're taking. We, again, are speaking with Dr. Jeremy Fultz, and also with us is uh, Dr. Marin Skidmore. And uh, Marin, let's talk a little bit about your research. I know it's considering how the local context, you know, such as farm size, soil depth, climate patterns, how they kind of interact with policy effectiveness. Can you tell us more about this and what you found out so far, even though you're just kind of early in the process? Absolutely. We're seeing that local ordinances do reflect, like you said, the differences in local context. And we think this is because county leaders are aware of the specific resources and topographies that they have, as well as the needs of the local economy. Counties can choose, for example, which portions of the state code they want the power to enforce themselves and which parts they want to leave to the DNR to enforce. And what they choose, we feel, reflects the community's economic and water resource needs. For example, we see in the ordinances adopted in Door County, and we also hear from regulators that Door County has opted to enforce many issues themselves. And we imagine that this makes sense for a county where water resources are a major source of income. Whereas in other counties, state enforcement might make sense based on the available economic resources in the county. I think it's fair to say that historically, state-level regulation has not been able to or has not accounted for local differences as much. But we also are seeing that this is changing. We know that legislators, including Representatives Novak and Shankland, who you recently interviewed, are working currently to implement new policy and initiatives that are targeted to a local level. And we also saw in 2018 that manure spreading was restricted in 15 specific counties in the east and northeast based on the type of bedrock in those counties. So there's definitely movement towards more uh, legislation and, and ordinances that reflect the local context. And I know you'll probably get more details as the process goes along. And just want to ask this before we go to our break. Are you hearing anything, though? I mean, are the most counties prefer to have their own jurisdiction? Or do you think as you come through this more, they'll be more open to state regulations? We are actually seeing and hearing about variation in whether counties want to take this into their hands or leave it to the state. And so, like we said in talking to DNR regulators, that their relationship with different counties varies based on on the needs of the county, on the resources of the county. And that in itself will be really interesting as a source of variation in how ordinances and state regulation can lead to improvement in water quality and also to different costs for farmers. You're listening to Dr. Marin Skidmore, postdoc in the Nelson Institute for Environmental Studies at DW Madison, and Dr. Jeremy Fultz, professor in the Department of Agricultural and Applied Economics at UW Madison. We'll continue our conversation in a couple of moments right after this break here on Dairy Stream. 
And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. It's a manure treatment you can actually get pumped about. Pick King is Edgar King's new manure digestion product containing a proprietary blend of enzymes, microorganisms, cofactors, and Edgar King's patent bacillus strain. Designed for use in manure pits, lagoons, and slurry stores to improve pumpability, Pick King's proprietary multi-enzyme blend creates a rapid breakdown of undigested manure solids while its own unique microorganism combination continues manure solid decomposition position and also helps reduce compounds like ammonia. With one treatment per month and at a cost less than one cent per hundred of manure per month, Pick King is a cost-effective way for farms to help improve manure pumpability without the use of harmful chemicals and compounds. Plus, save even more with the Pick King Maintenance Subscription Program, where farms can choose to have Pick King shipped directly to them monthly or quarterly at a discounted price. We know managing manure can be in the pits. That's why Pick King can help. Learn more at agarking.com. Well, welcome back to Dairy Stream. It's brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. I'm your host, Mike Austin, and today we're focusing in on the Dairy Innovation Hub and a project that's going on. If you're not familiar with the Innovation Hub, uh, they have studies going from the UW and Madison, UW Platteville, and UW River Fall campuses to try to keep our $45.6 billion dairy community at the global forefront and obviously to make sure they are able to continue to function in an economically, environmentally, and social sustainable manner. And today our guests are talking about analyzing the cost and benefits of manure management regulations for dairy farm economic viability and for soil and water sustainability. And our guests are Dr. Jeremy Fultz and Dr. Marin Skidmore. And I want to start with you, uh, Dr. Fultz. Uh, research supports the Wisconsin Dairy Task Force 2.0 recommendations. There's a couple I want to highlight. One is Number 47, that's the need for regulatory certainty and consistency. And also number 19, capital for new and emerging technology. So from your perspective, how will you share this information with policymakers so they can craft regulations based on, and here's that term again, sound science? We've already started talking to regulators about our work, but so far that's mostly been so we can inform ourselves about the regulations. And we're also going to be talking with dairy farmers um, so that we come into this research knowing both sides of the story. Or I should say it's not necessarily two different sides. It's there are lots of different sides to the story. Um, once we have some results, we expect to share that with the policymakers in DATCAP, at the DNR, but also with legislatures and local county conservation boards, as well as county commissioners. Um, our hope is that we can say something about these regulations at both the county level, as well as at the state level, and provide, as you said, sound science that provides information to these policymakers at all levels. What about that term sound science? I mean, it's we're using it a lot during this COVID period of time. Do you feel in general because of the reputation, the research is being done, that they will look at this as sound science and make that the top priority in their decisions? We hope to be able to provide some research that is at the center of this debate. Everybody's going to have their own opinions or their own views that may be shaped by their economic position 
or mm-hmm. perhaps their ideological position. But what we want is everybody debating using facts at the core of the debate. We really don't have a dog in this fight in the sense of we want to figure out what what works and how much it works. Because it's not that one thing works and, and another thing do- doesn't work. It's that one regulation may work in some ways, and but it might be very expensive. And so understanding those trade-offs, in order to understand those trade-offs, you need some numbers and you need both um, environmental and economic numbers. And our, our goal is to be able to provide that to the policymakers. And then how it goes forward from there, that's not really our part. We want to make sure that they're debating from found numbers and then they can figure out how to best work from there. Dr. Marin Skidmore is also our guest, and you heard uh, Dr. Fultz talk a little bit about the sharing the information with farmers. Uh, Marin, how is this information going to be shared with those farmers? Yes, given that the grant is two years long, we imagine that there will be a number of different methods and communicating with farmers over the life of it. But the first will be at the first dairy summit, which will be hosted by the Hub on November 18th. And we will have a link for that in the show notes. It will be a virtual summit. And we encourage everyone to tune in to hear both about our project and some updates on the work and new results that we'll have by then. And but also hear about other projects that are being funded by the hub. And then by next year, we hope to have results that we'll be ready to share with farmers either through further summits in person or virtually and by meeting with farmer-led groups or through written reports. And in the meantime, you can also follow along with everything happening at the Hub on their website. And that website is? dairyinnovationhub.wisc.edu. Well, I appreciate that. Again, you're listening to Dairy Stream. We're talking about analyzing the costs and benefits of manure management regulations for dairy farm economic viability and soil and water sustainability, a project going on at the Dairy Innovation Hub. And we have two of the people that are kind of the brain thrust behind that and working with some law students are trying to make sure that we are building a strong future for Wisconsin's dairy industry. And uh, Dr. Fultz, getting back to you about the current budget from the Dairy Innovation Hub. I mean, what do you hope will come out of this research with the dollars you have available. There's a lot of money that went into the Dairy Innovation Hub. We are only a very small part of that. Right. As as I said before, I think we expect that the outcome of our research will be to improve the overall understanding of the costs and benefits and effectiveness of various manure management strategies and regulations within the state of Wisconsin. And and as we've discussed across the different topographies and across the different types of watersheds uh, within the state. Um, so our hope is that this is the sort of core scientific understanding that gets provided to a debate that the state is having and will continue to have about what's the best way to have a strong and vibrant dairy industry along with a good, clean environment. And too often, I think debates around things like manure management proceeds without a good scientific basis. People have a tendency, oh, well, uh, a particular farm type is really bad for the environment or a particular type of regulation is really good or farmers saying, well, a particular type of regulation shouldn't exist. And what we're trying to do is not see this as kind of either or, but see these as there are costs and benefits of these various 
things and be able to put some numbers to that. So Marin and I are both economists. And so that's very much what we try to do is put economic numbers that prices and income to things or revenues and costs, but also try to provide that on the environmental scale. So that's what we're looking for, that there's kind of a core set of facts that we can hope to insert into this debate. Of course, there will be written outputs from this research that'll include academic articles where we can test, basically have our peers throughout the country look at the quality of the work we're doing and essentially give it a scientific stamp of approval. Or, you know, the the peer review process is one where they may tell us, oh, look, you're not accounting for this. So, you know, revise it in this way. Um, And then there'll also be fact sheets for farmers and policymakers and presentations of the sort that Marin just talked about. So, Dr. Fultz, just to clarify a little more, so when the research is done, it's going to be more of maybe an outline with different opportunities and options rather than just a blueprint? I'm sure we will not have a single blueprint. And I see that very much more the job of policymakers. So I think the kinds of things we're going to be talking about or the kinds of things we will come up with will be about, you know, along a continuum of of sort of options. Yeah, I guess there might be various options that go into a blueprint. I can envision other products that, like, as Marin said, there is kind of a, a complicated regulatory landscape out there that I suspect not all policymakers or certainly most farmers or maybe even farm groups don't fully understand. And so some of what we may be doing is just providing kind of mapping that those regulations across the state. And that may provide some learning that some counties may be able to see that, oh, how how their regulations relate to of other counties, whether they're more stringent or, or less stringent. It's definitely not a blueprint. It is basically some analysis of the costs and benefits of various options would be the best way to put it. That is the voice of Dr. Jeremy Fultz. Along with him is uh, Dr. Marin Skidmore. And Marin, want to get back to this research. Obviously, we're focusing in on the state of Wisconsin, but could this be used outside our state? The basic principle, the relationship between manure regulation, economic health of the farming community, and water quality outcomes will be useful, we feel, anywhere that there is water and animal agriculture. But I will add the caveat that we would need to be careful in extending our specific conclusions, maybe around the cost of a very specific uh, regulation outside of Wisconsin. In order to do that, or before policymakers outside of Wisconsin were to make decisions based on our findings, we would need to compare the details of the regulations of the other state to the regulations that we studied. And we would need to account for, as we talked about at the top, differences in soil, differences in topography, or all the other physical characteristics that affect the way that nutrient affects water quality. Well, thank you for that clarification. Well, I thank you both for the insights and candor you've shared with us today. Marin, I want to ask one more question before we wrap up today's podcast on Dairy Stream, and that's from the farmer's perspective. Uh, can they get involved, and if so, how? Absolutely. This is a great time to do this podcast because, as we said, we are in the early stages and we're really looking for input from farmers and especially to hear about their experiences interacting with this regulation. Normally, we might have hosted listening sessions, but obviously that's 
challenging currently, but we would love online feedback. Um, so there is a contact form on the Hub's website, which again is dairyinnovationhub.wisc.edu, or people can email me at m as in Marin Skidmore at wisc.edu, and we will have links for both of those in the show notes. And again, the Dairy Innovation Hub initiatives uh, are available with more information at Dairy Innovation Hub. That's dot W-I-S-C dot E-D-U. And again, we uh, hope you enjoyed our conversation about the Dairy Innovation Hub, certainly talking about money well spent by the state of Wisconsin. Certainly seems like this program is one in which those dollars are going to bring some nice returns and we'll get a lot of return our investment. In particular, we were talking about analyzing the costs and benefits of manure management regulations for dairy farm economic viability and for soil and water sustainability obviously an issue to all of us that reside here in the great state of wisconsin my thanks to dr jeremy fultz and dr Marin skidmore for uh, being our guest today i also want to thank joanna guza for the great job she always does on dairy stream producing our podcast i'm mike austin thanks for listening and join us again on dairy stream The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us, podcast at dairyforward.com.